Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Money FM 89.3. We are broadcasting live from Guoco Tower, basement to atrium. With me, Dr. Tan Xiang Ming, consultant from the Department of Psychiatry, Sengkang General Hospital. Now, anxiety disorders refer to a group of mental conditions that are characterized by intense feelings of anxiety and fear. Other than its negative effects on a person's mind, these feelings can also impact his or her physical state in the form of an unusually fast heart rate or uncontrollable shakiness. It has also been reported that anxiety disorders are the result of genetic and environmental factors. Moreover, they commonly occur alongside other mental disorders like major depressive disorder, personality disorder, and substance use disorder. Many things to look at that interfere with one's work and lifestyle. Money FM 89.3 welcomes Dr. Xiang Ming, and let's get down to it. Welcome to the show. For starters, when does anxiety turn into a disorder? Hey, good afternoon, um, Dr. Tan. Thank you for having me. So I think you've done a very good job summarizing every, almost everything <laughs> I wanted to say. So I think that makes my job really way easier. So coming back to your question about uh, when does anxiety turns into uh, a disorder, I think it is very important for us to realize that anxiety in general is, is a normal reaction to, to stress. Mm-hmm. All right? We all and, feel it once in a while. Yep, in a way, like I'm also thinking a little bit right now, actually. <laughs> Being so, live on radio. Yep, yep. So as to when it actually crosses the line to a disorder, we first have to know that uh, the, the importance of anxiety. Anxiety in normal amounts galvanizes us and motivates us to do something and do better. Mm-hmm. So it's just circumstances, you know, it is not an issue. Right. It becomes a disorder when it becomes very disabling. And it paralyzes us, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. rather than galvanizing us, it paralyzes us. It freezes us in our ability to think, to act, to speak, to the extent that it interferes with our daily uh, functioning and activities. Sure. Yep. Okay. Now, every one of us, especially here in Singapore, it is quite a stressful society to work and live in, right? I mean, it's, Agree. it's very fast-paced. There are a lot of external things that we need to deal with, also pressures that we level on ourselves. So how do we keep it at a a safe level of anxiety before it becomes that disorder that you're speaking of? Okay, so I I think you have touched very nicely about this concept about the prevention Mm -hmm. of a symptom from becoming a full-blown disorder. Right. And this is, at at least for psychiatry, this is actually a very new concept that has generated a lot of interest. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, from what we know so far in terms of all the data and all the studies that we have pulled, um, essentially the prevention of, say, an anxiety disorder is not very much different from, say, the prevention of developing physical disorders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think by that you probably know that I'll go ad nauseum and talk about uh, lifestyle management, right. ensuring that you sleep Eat well. healthy, sleep healthy. You, yeah, you all know this very well and I wouldn't want to go too much into that. But does that actually work? 
Um, it varies from individual to individual. Mm -hmm. I, I've had cases where you know you give them a little bit of advice, you give them a little bit of encouragement, you nudge them in the right direction. It does work, and it remains as at most an anxiety symptom mm -hmm. and doesn't really develop into a full blown disorder. Right. Having said that, there are also other cases where the, the, the patient looks pretty much similar to the first one. Mm -hmm. I give the same advice. They try the same thing, but somehow it just develops into a full-blown disorder, and that's when intervention will come in handy. Okay, so are there certain people who are predisposed to having anxiety become a disorder? The, the causative factors for an anxiety disorder are multiple, mm -hmm. and they usually work in, in various combinations. All right. So uh, first and foremost, what we understand about the development of anxiety disorders is that um, um, there's a possibility of a derangement in the brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. To put it simply, it just means that you know, in our brain, we need chemicals for us to transmit messages, right. to regulate the way we feel without emotions. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, the, in the brains of the patients with anxiety disorders, these chemicals are probably not as uh, well regulated and balanced as that with another patient who does have anxiety disorder. Uh, having said that, there are too many, many other factors that come in. Mm -hmm. uh, medical conditions could sometimes cause anxiety disorder. Okay. Commonly, there will be a thyroid problems. Mm -hmm. uh, medications uh, for treating medical conditions can also cause anxiety disorders. Uh, sometimes side effects can be very disabling, and this may trouble a person so much so that he feels quite anxious thereafter. Uh, in addition, there are also other things like alcohol use, substance abuse, genetics, family history, personality traits, and even uh, unpleasant life events in a person's social life. Okay, so that's actually a lot to take in. What you're saying is that um, anxiety is caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain. Am yep. I right so far? Yep. But other medications that you may be taking for other conditions may also cause those chemical imbalances in the brain. At, at that point, I'm kind of going... Okay, when do the medicines fight with each other? Okay, so allow me to clarify a little bit. So what I mean by medications that can cause side effects can, right. be, can be some um, common medications like, uh, you know, diabetes medications. Right, all right? Yes. So it does not really affect the, the chemical imbalance in your brain, mm -hmm. but because it affects the blood sugar levels and right. sometimes they swing very badly, okay. and it mimics like an anxiety state. So to a diabetic patient, this can be quite troubling. Okay. And I have seen cases where, you know, even though we, we have sort of explained to them about this, but just because the symptoms are so prominent and, and debilitating, they end up developing anxiety disorders as a consequence. Okay. The question that I have now is, how much medication does a person who may have a natural inclination to be anxious should they be wary of, you know, there are some, some situations where you are going to be on long-term prescription medicines and some of the contraindications are that it will cause these kind of episodes. So at that point, where do you go to the doctor and go, okay, this dose isn't working out for me, it's making me more anxious? Okay, so um, I think this is a little bit tricky because I, I think um, we live in a highly imperfect world. Yes. And, you know, sometimes uh, treatments, as you pointed out correctly, they do help uh, for a particular aspect of a patient's life, but they do have untoward uh, effects on another patient. On another life aspect, as well. yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think my general advice is, you know, to, to discuss this with your doctor mm -hmm. if you find that these symptoms are disabling and troubling you and see if there are other better alternatives to the current medication you're on. Right. Uh, failure of which then, unfortunately, then you may need to uh, have yourself uh, assessed and maybe treated for anxiety disorder. As another thing on top of whatever you're being treated for. 
Yes, sometimes it's it, it it's can be necessary. Like yeah. Okay, what are we looking for in terms of uh, signs that maybe our what we think is just normal anxiety is is going into the realm of a disorder? Okay, um, as I have uh, sort of mentioned earlier on, you know what crosses from normal anxiety to that mm-hmm. of a disorder, um, you could look into very very common things that we would do and experience on a day to day basis. We eat. We sleep, mm. and we need our energy to do our daily activities. Right. So, so just these three things alone could just give you a very good indication of how much the anxiety is wearing you down, mm-hmm. right? So, if you feel anxious and if you're pretty much sleeping okay, then I would think that that's pretty alright. But if you find that you know with time the anxiety gets to you and it gnaws away at your sleep, so much so that your sleep goes down by three or four hours, mm-hmm. the next day you feel terrible, you can't go about with your work. You, you make mistakes in your world, your job appraisal suffers, and that's when we think that, hey, you know, maybe you have an anxiety disorder, maybe it's time to get treated. So if, you're, if a loved one exhibited some of these symptoms and signs, you, you would recommend that we send them off to see a doctor? I would assess the loved one myself because I'm psychiatrically trained. But yep, for those who do not have this, this privilege, yep, they can go and see the nearest friendly mm-hmm. family doctor right. and get some good advice. Okay. What uh, is the best way for anyone feeling anxious about... And look, right now, everyone's worried about the slowdown in the economy. There are more stresses for us now than there might have been maybe two years ago. Such is life. Such is life, right? Yep. Such is life. Agreed. But what can we do to make sure that those are, are healthy anxiety levels that we continue to, to face? Well, that's, that's a pretty tough question because I, I grapple a lot with all these mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose it all boils down to... Does to, exercise work? To, to good management of stress. Mm-hmm. To good management of stress. Um, keeping Some an active people are lifestyle. better at it than others. Some people are just better at it than others, I agree. So um, it, it is also probably very important to, to reframe the way we view things and think about mm-hmm. issues. All right. I suppose some, some patients probably develop anxiety disorders by virtue of their personality. They think things a little bit too seriously. Mm-hmm. They are not able to see the lighter things of life. Mm-hmm. So in such situations where we feel a little bit upset, you know, we can reframe it a little bit positively, take a humorous spin about things. Mm-hmm. And if all else fails, you can talk to your loved ones, ventilate to them. Um, we don't need them to do very much. All we they need is just someone listen, right? to be around to listen. Right. And that's all that it takes, actually. Okay, now the, the age-old, and it is Friday, so you know, the age-old thing when, you're anxi- when you have a lot of anxiety, when you have a bad day at the office, is to go and have a few drinks. Does that help or is that worse for you? It doesn't help, yeah, so, <laughs> okay. so don't do it, all right? Don't, yep. No, don't do it? Okay. What else can we do to help prevent disorders for ourselves? So if we think somebody around us, you know, in the office, in our families, might be suffering from a disorder, what can we do? as third parties? I think sometimes um, if we put ourselves in, in the place of our loved one who has anxiety, sometimes mm-hmm. they are just probably too caught up with the things at the heat of the moment that they may not even realise it. You right. Know? So I think coming in as a loved one who knows this person well, possibly a first step you could do is probably say, hey, you know, I, I, I noticed that things are a little bit strange lately. I'm not sure you are aware, but you have been behaving in certain, in such and such a way. Mm-hmm. And then gently, you can, you can broach it up to them that you know, hey, this, this could 
possibly be something that could be serious and ask them whether there's something that they would want to do about it. So there's no urgency to push them to go and see sure. a doctor immediately, but mm-hmm. just to have the idea in them that, hey, something is possibly amiss, mm-hmm. such that they would be more able to reflect and be more mindful of this and then thereafter hopefully that they can do the next best thing to help them get better. All right, Dr. Tan, before I let you go, do you have any words of advice to someone out there who might be feeling anxious, may even be suffering from an undiagnosed case of an anxiety disorder? Uh, I think it's very important to learn how to self-manage your anxiety. Um, and this is nothing that's really out of this world or scientific. You know, it's just the usual good old practices like living a life healthily, uh, adopting a healthy lifestyle, and uh, failure of which do not be afraid to seek help early. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Tan Xiang Ming, consultants from the Department of Psychiatry, Sengkang General Hospital, sharing with us about the different types of anxiety disorders, how we should go about dealing with them effectively. It has been a pleasure talking to you on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.